0: Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash call it and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.
1: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
0: Soccer, we trust. I'm Jimmy Trashcan, Creep Cheese Conrad Nino, alongside Hollywood Heath Pierce and Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies. And before we give you our thoughts on center back Chris Richards, started his first ever Premier League game for Crystal Palace against Manchester United, and Demarcus Beasley and Julie Fowdy stating that Greg Burhalter can't stay on as coach, and the roster heading to LA for the annual U.S. men's national team January camp. I, along with Heath and Charlie, and everyone here behind the scenes on the podcast, are incredibly saddened by the tragic passing of Anton Walks, the 25-year-old who started his career with Tottenham before moving on to Portsmouth, and then being with Atlanta United on loan for their inaugural season before making that move permanent in 2020 and playing with Charlotte FC last season. We are incredibly heartbroken for his family and loved ones, and we will be keeping them in our thoughts during this difficult time. It's, it's, It's another one of those deaths, guys, that just... Is hard to accept. I- I'm still trying to process the Grant Wall stuff. I know that we have mm. had some brushes of this in our own career, with some significant either injuries to our very own Charlie Davies, who was very close to that himself, and also just being around it. Uh, Heath, uh, you had mentioned something before we started about going through this when mm. you're a younger player, and, and how it, how shocking it is, but then also how you have to pick up the pieces. <clears throat> For their friends and family but also for the team especially when you have somebody significant to that team
1: yeah and and this happened in florida obviously uh the team is together right now it's a really it's just a really tragic time and i think jimmy you mentioned grant wall and even for me i was like you know maybe it's maybe it's the world cup that i'm at that's sort of just keeping me from understanding what's happening right now right or or even like Recognizing it, and then you see these types of things, and and it's just it's just devastating, and it's just so hard to comprehend, and so hard to even find a way to con- to contribute to the people that are this is affecting most, right? Uh, a Young family that he, that he had, and it's just so tragic, and in, in, in so many ways that uh, yeah, I, I I just again my 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 thoughts and condolences to to everyone that's affected by it. I didn't personally know him but it makes you realize just how small the soccer circle and world is that you know no matter what anybody that's contributing or part of this soccer space whether at a professional level or otherwise is just one maybe two degrees removed from all of us and 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 it just yeah it just reminds me of what what knowing how close this community is what what the potential power of 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 people coming together could be charlie
0: this is insane. I mean, I don't even. It's, it's. you know, we've, we, we know people that have passed. Uh, Colin Clark was somebody we had played with. Now, he wasn't playing with us at the time when he passed away suddenly to a heart attack not too long ago, but it was somebody that we had shared a locker room with for many years with the national team and at different camps. And, and yeah, I guess Colin Clark, I, I don't know what it is. And, and me and death, I guess, you know, when you're around it, I've been around it a little bit when I was younger, you kind of keep it at arm's length. So it can't really. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm not alone in that. I, I'm sure a lot of people do that. But uh, it, it's just hard for me to accept when these types of things happen. And as tragically and as quickly as this is happening here with Anton, it's just devastating.
2: Yeah. I mean, I just look at his age, 25 years old. And what stands out to me is the the support from his teammates and, and just talking about what a, a great person he was. Um this always hurts when you hear about someone within the soccer world uh, that we're so close to we we've, we've been around Anton you know whether it's calling games being in in stadiums and, and seeing him uh, it's it's never easy to process when someone loses a life that um, you're so close with and you know our community is so tight so whether you knew him personally or or you were around him or you're just a supporter of, of, of major League Soccer um, it's, it's devastating. So, um,
1: hey, Charlie, and I think you said something really well in, in this, which was when I, when I first saw it, I didn't recognize the name. Cause I was just sort of, I just woken up, right. I was just sort of scroll, like kind of scrolling through my phone to wake up in the morning. And the first thing I saw was like people's caption of like rest in peace. And the first thing my brain automatically does is go in to justify it. Right. And you go into literally, like you said, his age. So I look at the dates trying to kind of like put my mind together while I'm waking up to understand like, who is this and what happened? And my brain automatically tells, tells me, tell me this is somebody that was old, right? Somebody that would like lived a full life that, that, that you could justify. And then you see born in 1997 and it just automatically just sent me off into a spiral of just, just, and I didn't mean to in, interrupt you on that, but I think, I think you you said something really, really powerful and just seeing that age and. That's the way my brain naturally went was like looking at the, the 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 in the brackets of birth date and and date of passing and i was like that's horrible in in this vein
0: i i think that uh yeah obviously we're going to continue to try to keep his story alive and we'll be talking about grant as much as we possibly can too and everybody else that we carry a, uh care about throughout this process and and um just to keep it here for now and of course if if What I loved is I got an email, I don't know if you guys got it as well, from the MLS Players Mm -hmm. Association saying, hey, essentially this is tragic if anybody needs to talk and immediately sent out support for mental health services, not only for his teammates, but for anybody that needs to talk about this because it might trigger an experience that you've had before. And, And I really appreciated that about Bob Foose and the MLS Players Association for getting out quickly and, and making sure that people felt supported and well, having, a, the, having a place to the, talk. Uh,
1: the MLS Greats Network did the same. Sent out their their support to everybody and I don't know if that ex- I don't I mean that definitely didn't exist when when we were in the early parts of of our careers, you know, and even even the note without the financial or resources like financial resources to support something like that um yeah, I, I you you said it well, Jimmy.
0: Yeah, so so it's just yeah, this is some heavy stuff. This is some heavy stuff. And, and we're going to continue to make sure that it always has a place here on the show to pay our respects to anything that's happening. Uh, and uh, obviously, we give all of our warmth and, and warm hugs and thoughts to, to Anton's family. And if we have any more information on that, we'll either put it in the description or continue to talk about it in future shows. But in a way, to balance the heavy stuff, let's get into the light stuff, the stuff that doesn't really matter all that much in comparison, but it's a nice distraction. It's the January camp, uh, mm-hmm. boys, so not the easiest transition. I don't know how else to do it, but uh, we do have 24 players that are going to be going to L.A. And this one, this camp feels almost like a normal FIFA window. They're showing up on mm-hmm. the 21st and they're going to be done by the 29th. I think when they're flying back. So it's about seven or eight days, not a traditional January camp, which felt more three weeks ish. But we got 24 players, 13 of which are trying to represent their country for the first time, 11 of which are first timers. And there are some big names in here. I don't I don't know if you guys want to I'll just go through it. And then you guys can jump in and kind of say who you're excited about, I suppose. And goal we got uh, FC Cincinnati's Roman Celentano the, from Indiana University. 27 appearances for FCC last season. Really made that, that spot his own in the goalkeeper position. Sean Johnson, the most experienced with 10 caps in between the six. And Gaga Slonina, who just made a $10 million move to Chelsea. Also being involved, obviously. I want to see him. He jumps out at me. I uh, got Jonathan Gomez, who le- left Louisville City to go to Real Sociedad. He's in. That's exciting. Julian Gressel, after getting his citizenship, is in, plays for the Vancouver Whitecaps. DeWan Jones plays for the Revs. 25-year-old at the right back spot. Aaron Long from LAFC now. Jalen Neal from LA Galaxy. Sam Rogers, six-foot-three center back from Rosenborg in Norway. John Tolkien, the left back from New York Red Bulls. Walker Zimmerman ran out the defenders. Midfield, we got Paxton Aronson, Kellen Acosta, Aiden Morris, who plays for Columbus Crew. Paxton Pomey call back into the national team for the first time since the January camp in 2020. Alan Senora, who I really like, uh, just finished playing for Independiente, wearing the number 10 shirt down in Argentina. Eric Williamson coming back in for the first time since tearing his knee with the national team in the Gold Cup in 2021. And then you got Paul Ariolo, which is a bit of a surprise. Cade Cowell, Jesus Ferreira, Matthew Hoppe, Emmanuel Sabi, who plays 25 year old for Odense out on the wing. Brandon Vasquez and Alejandro Sandejas, only going to be around for the Serbia game from Club America, but has represented both the U.S. And Mexico. So that's the roster, boys. Where do you want to go? Maybe we just start with the goalkeepers. Charlie, where do you want to go? We got to go with the goalkeepers. Yeah. I, I, act, I really like this roster a lot. We got some dual
2: nationals it's, there. It's, we, it's, we. I'll, I'll say right. right now, from the goalkeeping position, there's great balance. And this is typically what you want to see in, in in a camp window. You have a veteran Sean Johnson. We know he's a third keeper at the World Cup. He's arguably the best goalkeeper in Major League Soccer. And so you have him along with Gaga Sonina, who has the most potential. He's with Chelsea and he's young. He's, uh, I mean, when you look at him, he's just still a kid. He's still growing into himself. And then uh, I think Roman Solitano did a fantastic job with Cincinnati this year and deserved, I think, a, a nomination into this camp. So... For me, I, I'm excited about Gago Sonina. I love the consistency um, and stability from Sean Johnson. And I think Celitano's kind of uh, unknown uh, what his level truly is. So he, he'll be tested in this camp. And I think <clears throat> from, from the goalkeepers that they could have selected, this is spot on and, and fantastic. I'm excited about this group of, of keepers.
0: I am as well. They got two games, right? They play Serbia on the 25th mm-hmm. and Colombia on the 28th. So you got 180 minutes to give to 24 players. I'm curious to see how Anthony Hudson, interim manager, is going to balance that out. Heath, let's talk about the defenders. A lot of experience there with Aaron Long and Walker Zimmerman in particular. And you got some older players like a Julian Gressel who's getting his first sniff with the national team. Dewan Jones, who I like, 25-year-old right back yes. <clears> for the Revs, But he's not necessarily a spring chicken either. Sammy Rogers, John Tolkien, Jalen Neal, and Jonathan Gomez seem to be the younger crew here. Talk to me about these defenders.
1: Well, when I think about uh, Dewan Jones, when I think about John Tolkien, when I think about Jonathan Gomez, like fullbacks, I, I think, uh, are, are something that we, we've we somewhat, especially on the right side, have always produced. I would love to see more depth on the left side. You talk about Tolkien and, and Jonathan Gomez being able to push uh, Jedi Robinson at a certain point to create more depth in that, in that player pool. I'm really interested to see there. Um, and then, you know, when I think about just centerbacks as well, uh you know the the quality of of our center backs I, i'm a little disappointed i'm a little disappointed in this roster for the, for obvious reasons of bringing in some of the veteran players with a mix of some of the u u20s or or kind of you know teenage level i know that's the way it's always been but i feel like there's an opportunity to continue to get more reps for for some of these players and it's not the national team's job to give reps to players but to bring in sort of that next generation and see how they play. I think there is a good balance. I agree with you, Jimmy. But at the same time, I'm like, who could have been in this camp that wasn't? And I know we'll get to some of the the, the omissions. Well, who do you that, think that? that? Who do you that, think? That, I mean, it, it's really tough to say. It, it's. I, I mean, when I'm thinking about
2: oh, – man, it's, it's – From don't a defender, necessarily...
1: I, I don't really see it so much from a defender uh, standpoint. Uh, same,
2: same. I was going to say –
1: no, not 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 a defender standpoint. I mean, maybe 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 you know, Josh Winder. Maybe Josh I, Winder. Would be I the think only one. that I think that there's some really great mentorship that happens in the national team, right? And it's not just about keeping the guys together and creating and all that. We've we've seen that as Greg started to bring some of these veterans back into the team, the stability of the team increases, right? Uh, at the at the at the World Cup level, having a player like Tim Ream come back into the team, having Walker Zimmerman be a more experienced center back uh, to be able to rely upon, and you kind of pass that down, Jimmy. You talk about Eddie Pope for you being mm-hmm. being your mentor i think there's a natural uh quality to that but when i think about just the wider roster you have a julian gressel which i agree like okay if he's good enough to call him into the national team call him in. he doesn't have to be part of quote unquote the future he doesn't have to be 19 to be a national team player a lot of guys have gotten their jimmy you're a player that you know towards towards uh the peak of I, your career i was julian Gressel. yeah and <laughs> oh, and and, and and you I mean, and and you ended up doing a lot with that, right? So I, I I don't want to get caught up in this whole like if they're not part of the future, don't <laughs> use them. But like, uh, yeah.
2: But 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 Heath, you know this is January camp. You can't call anybody and everyone. You you are very limited to who you can select. And from a, a leadership standpoint, you're bringing a starter from the World Cup and Walker's. And You're bringing Aaron Long, who was a part of that World Cup team. So you're talking about leadership. Eddie Pope. Now Walker Zimmerman and, and, and Aaron Long are those players. I mean, it's they're not mm-hmm. to the pedigree of a, a Eddie Pope because Eddie Pope was like a lifelong major league soccer star. But I think from this standpoint, Jalen Neal is looking up to these guys. He's going, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the, the, this is who I'm learning from. And they obviously see great potential with Jalen Neal. So that's why he's included in the camp. Dewan Jones, he's still 25 years old um he is a spring chicken cuz yeah. he you know he still has a, a lot of, of room to grow now he plays left back for the revs but i think in this camp it suits him well cuz he's really the only right back which is crazy we only bring in a one right back to january camp but we want to bring six to a world cup <laughs> well,
1: we got three left backs we got three left backs in this camp if you include um rogers from 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 um rosenborg who's who's also doing really well right now uh, i mean for me it was more of like sh- should we not have a Bobacy there Should we not have a Brian Gutierrez there? I guess what I'm saying is like,
2: you don't think so? I I, I don't think a Bobacy. I mean, we have seen his ceiling, I want to say. And in terms of if you're going to play him over Matthew Hoppe, if you're going to play him over Brandon Vasquez, you're going to go with those two. And I see um, my brother saying, what about trusty? trusty's in season yeah. he's a, he's no a big part so so calendar come on man come yeah, on. Matthew,
1: yeah but matthew hoppy's surplus to requirement yeah, like, he's I, not get playing. This is, yeah I get this that. is a good trusty like, is
2: is, is a, a vital critical part of birmingham as yeah. they yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah,
1: hey, hey here's a, here's a question for you guys do you think it suggests anything considering they paid a lot for paxton uh aaronson sure. uh i can't believe there's two paxtons um That's just not normal, Um, but like uh, we're going to be a lot of funny names in the future. So so get ready for that. Uh, But but do you think that it's suggesting that maybe he's far from being Hmm. ready for first team football? I mean, we knew that. Yeah, he he wasn't
2: going to walk. He wasn't going to spend a a lot of money on him. Yeah. And he can't play in their reserve team. Because he is a project for the future. He was never a player to come in right off the Bundesliga, not playing for the Philadelphia Union, coming in and playing right away for in in the Bundesliga. Not playing right away,
1: but you would like you know, you know that if even if you're knocking on the door for 15-20 minutes, you're not gonna get he's not
2: even at that level. He's not even at that level. So then what's
1: the point of leaving Philadelphia?
2: Because you are getting into that system early enough. So the whole point is, and you know this, you've been there. All right, you have six months to adjust. We're gonna get you used to how the training methods are, the l- learning the that. language, all of all of those the little things that add up to the big picture. So mm-hmm. it's great for him to get over there, just just get used to what that looks like, but they're gonna allow him to go to the national team here and there and do those things, which I think we all valued as a national team cobs. It's almost like oh, okay, I can relax a little bit. I'm around my friends. I'm, I'm around people I know. I can speak English all the time. You don't have that constant pressure that you do to perform in, in, yeah. in Europe. So I think that's that's part of the process. So I'm happy that he's getting called up for the January camp.
0: Okay, so let's just get into to midfielders because uh, you just talked about Paxton Harrison. Kellen Acosta is coming in. I think there's a mm-hmm. bit of a theme. And I that you want to have experience in the spine of the team. So you have the two center backs, Long and Zimmerman. You got a Sean Johnson. You got Kellen Acosta who can anchor the midfield. And then you've got a couple players up top that have been around and Paul Areola, Jesus Ferreira, uh, Matthew Hoppy to a certain extent, he's got six caps and has he's been around the team enough and, and been in a tournament with the gold cup uh, mm-hmm. to, to know. So you think Greg decided these players? I don't know. I don't, I am mean, who knows, but I will say, I, I, I
2: would, I would say no. I don't think if so. I, ha- I think maybe a few or a handful, but I don't think I think this all went down well before these players were selected.
0: They've been dragging their feet
2: getting this this camp
0: going, so yeah, it's and, hard to and, say. And,
2: and let's also be real. I'm sure they have a, a pecking order, a list of, okay, here's our World Cup roster. Who do we see transitioning over? And then who are some of the, the players within MLS that we're interested in, that we think hmm. are ready for this camp? I'm sure they've already planned this, so maybe. Are there they, any players that weren't released
1: there. or clubs fought? Letting them go? I'm sure there were some, right? There's I'm sure there were I haven't heard a,
0: too much smoke and, about some of them. But Austin Chussy could be one, right? I mean, it would be nice to see him and,
1: and get him into the red, white, and blue at the highest level. But I think he'll be in in March, though. I think I think he's he's one where you're like, new cycle, new opportunity. There's no risk sure, to not sure, bring him sure. in. Sure, sure,
0: Yeah, so Mike, my, my thing of adding the core, the spine, though, is you're not going to call in the Zimmermans of the world, Acostas, and not play them, which I want. it's not like I don't want to see him play. But I also kind of don't need to see them play. I want to see the younger guys. I yeah. want to see the other guys play. So, I, I wonder what that that lineup's going to look like. But staying on the midfielders, there are a couple of snubs I think in this particular area. I'd say Keaton Parks from NYCFC. If he's not getting called into this camp, is he going to get called in? What happened to Caden Clark? We have a Cade Cal and we have a Caden Clark. You want, you guys want to guys? I told talk
1: about you, games? you guys are talking about names, dude. It's
0: happening. So, so you know, he he got signed. Well, very he, similar to Paxton Aronson, got signed from the Red Bulls, went over to RB Leipzig. They uh-huh. sent him back because I don't think he was ready yet. And then he doesn't even play much for the Red Bulls. I was going to say, do you, th-
2: do you think he deserves a call? I'm not Is saying it? that he does, but
0: no. what happened? I mean, he's only 19. I don't want to get into like yeah. too big of a drop off. Uh, who's the 21 year old from, from Philly union. Is it Leon, Leon Flack? Or Flock? <laughs> How do you say it? Flock. Flock. Sorry, man. <laughs> Go go flock yourself, Charlie. Okay, yeah, Charlie.
1: Right. Yeah, uh, me, get off my You got to be P-flocking kidding me, yeah.
0: dude. <laughs> so, so there were just a couple of players that I thought maybe deserved a little bit of a look. But I do like uh, Aiden Morris a lot. I think he has kind of Tyler Adams lights. you know? I think he has the possibility of being in that same boat, good ball winner, reads the game well, is aggressive, and just has that presence about him. So I'm curious to see if he'll get... Some minutes. Uh, Eric Williamson, happy to see him healthy again. Yes, so hopefully, he can turn that into happy. something positive. I'm a big, big fan of his game. Alan Senora, though, is an interesting one. He's he is not with Independiente in Argentina anymore, but it's looking like he's being linked to Montreal. He's trying to get over to MLS or or get over to Europe or wherever it may be. I can't remember the number, Jimmy. There's like five or six players out of contract in this camp. Yeah, Sean Johnson is one, and Alan Senora is. I have I have the another. List there.
1: You guys talk. I'll find it.
0: But but it's it's I I I like the midfield crew. It's kind of looking like we might have a double pivot, Chuck. It's like a yeah, double six, I and agree. then have a proper ten. And mm-hmm. we have a proper ten now with Senora, who can play that position. I think Paxson can play that position as well. Yeah. And and uh, Paxson, call. both Paxsons can play that position. And then you can have an Eric Williamson and a Kellen Acosta underneath them, or an Aiden Morris or whoever you want. And and that excites me a little bit. It's just a little bit different than what we've been seeing. With uh, McKinney, Musa, and Adams, where Adams definitely anchors, and the other two are a little bit more free to go. Are you excited about this midfield?
2: I, I'm optimistic. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't say I'll take, say I'm I'll take optimistic, I, Chuck. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I'm, I'm I'm excited. I hope one or two players shines um, and, and is ready to take the next step for a, a full call up with with all the players. So, a player like Eric Williamson, I think he could be. You know, he'll be 20, around 29 years old for the next cycle for the World Cup. And I just feel that like he could be a growing into that player because he's got great feet. He's a two way midfielder. He, he can create goals and score goals, but he can defend. He covers ground. He's comfortable, comfortable and smooth on the ball. So if he can play quicker, which you're going to be forced to play quicker when you play at the international level, I think that's where he's going to really improve. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to have my eye on him and. And then just seeing what Brandon Vasquez brings to the table. I know we're going to talk yeah, about the yeah. forwards, but um, you know, I, I think with the service that he will have in this midfield, uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what the the forwards can do. Okay, well,
0: speaking of the forwards, they're gonna let's just get to the snubs first because I do mm-hmm. want to bring this up. Like a mm-hmm. Jack McGlynn, I think would be one. Quinn Sullivan, who played well for our U twenties, right now. Speaking of the U twenties, they're going to be in a camp starting today. Actually. With mm-hmm. Gonzalo Cigares, if you guys played with or against him in MLS, he yes. is the U-23 coach. But he is taking over this U-20 camp, a 23-player U-20 camp. The U-20 World Cup happens in Indonesia from May 20th to June 11th. So some of the players that maybe if that World Cup wasn't happening, the U-20 World Cup wasn't happening, maybe we mm-hmm. would have seen a Quinn Sullivan and a Jack Glenn get in here. Josh Winder is another one from a defensive perspective that's in this U-20 Camp and I think we have high hopes for this team. We also qualified for the Olympics. Do you think the U20 the camp is
1: more important than this first team camp? Uh, in
0: some capacity, I do. But what's interesting is that the head coach for the U20s, Mikey Varas, is actually being an assistant for this January camp and he's leaving this U-20 <laughs> camp to <laughs> Gonzalo Cigaras. So you I love I, to see it. You love to see it. I the know it's a little dude. bit all over the place, but but <laughs> I can understand why I can understand why Mikey Varas is in, in camp with the full team, obviously familiar with some of the players and can maybe bridge. Uh, some of those relationships to make those younger players feel a little bit more comfortable and Gonzalo cigars, right? He's looking at this u 20 campus. These are probably some of the players I'm going to be relying on for the Olympics in 24. I want to see what they look like. So there's no negative here, mm-hmm. but I do think that that U 20 camp is pretty important as they try to identify who can help us go on and try to win a U 20 world cup, which would be a pretty big deal. All right, let's get into now though, the forwards we have Brandon Vasquez, uh-huh. or the attacking players, I should say Alejandro Zendejas from club America, and we have Emmanuel Asabi from Odense in Denmark. 25-year-old Matthew Hoppy, as we mentioned. Jesus Ferreira, Cade Cowell. And Paul Ariol is the one I want to get into first. And Chuck, I'll come to you on this. And I want to get Heath's thoughts. I think it's interesting he's back in. Obviously, he got snubbed for the World Cup. We all thought he was going to be a part of the team. He wasn't.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Who picks up the phone and says, hey, buddy? <laughs> hey, uh... Yeah, you know, remember like 2 months ago we didn't really care for you that much. What do you think about coming back? What do you think? Well, what do you th- I what has, I I I I am yeah. interested in both sides of that. The conversation from yeah. who's asking him and then obviously how Paul's feeling about it.
2: Well, you 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 know this isn't a club. This isn't a club call up. This is the national team. No, I get it. So, there is you you can't say, "No, nah, I'm good." You you <laughs> you pick up your bag. You say, so, "I'm packing so, it. I'm on, I'm on my that? way." I've seen well, some yeah.
1: players do that before. Well, yeah. They, what'd you say? What did you say the new CBA deal was for these uh, <laughs> bonus, bonus ma- uh, bonuses are for these matches? So, all right, so, I'm on my way.
2: So <laughs> you you just say, "Yeah, thanks. Appreciate the call," and you come in. Paul Ariola is one of those players who, yeah, he was on the border of coming and and not coming, and you would you would think given the players that Greg did decide to select. Where the a majority of the players who weren't selected to to um to start were just there to to bring a good energy to the to the to the camp, right? To the to the atmosphere and the environment that this team was in. I thought Pariola was part of that plan, and he obviously he wasn't. So I think for for him, he's coming in and saying, Hey, I want to start fresh here and and start on the right foot with the national team and whoever this next coach is, because I think they're all expecting a new coach, a new manager to take over that he wants to shine. He want oh, this is a new opportunity for all players. It's it's almost like a fresh start. Okay. The last 4 years you didn't get the 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 call up in the end, but here's a chance to better better uh myself for for the next manager and if I can have an impressive showing, well Ernie Stewart and Brian McBride aren't going anywhere and they sit above the manager. So this is your chance to impress them cuz they're going to have influence. Obviously, these players were 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 selected by um by Brian McBride, at the very least, um, who had a say in who was coming in because he is the general manager. So uh, I, I think from him, it's I'm excited to come in and 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 show what I can do.
1: I think you're you're banking on also a new coach, right? I, I look at this through the lens of like when mm-hmm. my when I didn't make the 2010 World Cup. I knew that my time in theory, right? It was 23 players then. It's 26 now. And to be out of that 26, you're like, if I'm 27, 28, 29, I may be third on the depth chart in a position. Maybe deeper if you start to have players that are versatile and they can throw into that. For Paul Arriola, like we saw by the end of the World Cup, that he's like you know maybe four or five on the depth chart of of being a right midfielder or, or for a team. I thought I still thought he would make the twenty six, but now it's a fresh opportunity. I, again, when when Jurgen Klinsmann took over, I thought if I got called in by Bob, I, I kind of will always know my role. He kind of made that decision, and and I and I, I respect that. My new opportunity is going to have to come from a new coach, right? A fresh start to show. That in four years, and it's a right right around the same age that, that he is now, is like 26, 27 is what I was, that you're going to be 30, which is older now with the younger crop of players coming into the national team, but still a, a bona fide opportunity to make a World Cup if, if you're in the peak form, peak of your career, and circumstances line up. So I think it's a great opportunity for him to, to come in with the right mindset, although it's a long journey uh, to the I think, next one.
0: I, I love the insight, too, about other people watching. There's, there's a couple layers to that. One, as you mentioned with Ernie Stewart, Brian McBride, Word's going to get out. Okay. Whatever you think about this camp, whoever starts to emerge as who played the best during that camp. That's going to get up to the people that are making the decisions. or do have some influence about whatever it may be. And if there is a new coach that's coming in, let's just say it's Yogi love who we're all kind of pining for in some capacity. And he gets wind of, and Yogi love comes into the thing and says, Hey, who should I be looking at or whatever? Yeah. They're going to say, Hey, this, this back in January, this, this guy was the best of this crew of players. And that player is going to get an opportunity and be seen in a certain light. So it's a big opportunity there. The second thing is that there's going to be a couple of overage players that can play in the Olympics for us in 2024. And this is a good opportunity for the Zimmermans and the Areolas and the older guys of the world to say, hey, I can manage a young group of players. I can make that group better. I can lead this group. And I think I could be influenced because as, as cool as it can be to say you play in a World Cup, it's also pretty cool to say you played in an the Olympics. And so I think there's some overage. <laughs> each. Yeah, some overage things that you can you can say or, or or overage players that have some ramifications of how they perform instead of just throwing this camp away and be like, ah, whatever. I think there are some bigger things afoot here. And I think that all these players, I assume, are going to approach this in the right way. We have 11 players in this camp yeah. out of the 24 who are getting called in for the first time and 13 of these 24 that are looking for their first ever cap. So so. There's going to be a lot of youthful exuberance there, a lot of excitement, but how do you control that and make sure that you? I'd still
1: say like nine of them though are still like I'd say nine still aren't like a team happens now they're not they're not coming in right, but I do like I that's the thing that I've always liked about these types of camps is an opportunity to monitor a player in your environment right. You're connecting with the coaches and all these things. You're seeing Gaga Slonina, who might still be two three years out from being a national team uh, pool player uh, based on his club circumstances and what and whatnot, but it's a it's a chance to like. I don't know. I, I always felt that even at times if I wasn't comfortable, I still grew as a person because this is, for most of them, the most intense and highest pressure environment they're going to be in, even if it's around uh uh Camp Cupcake or whatever the new crum- crumble cake is. <laughs>
0: I, I do want to say that we also can talk about the flip side. I remember and I'll, I'll drop a name here. Richie Kotschow, if you guys remember him. He came into a January camp one time and – he had had a good MLS season, so he was coming into it with some momentum. And I remember him just not playing to what I had seen. Wait, who is that again? Richie you Katschau. Know, re- no, how do you spell that,
1: Charlie? Do no, I
0: I? Is just butchering this name or what? How do you spell name? No, I remember.
2: I remember. I remember the name, but I I have absolutely zero memory. Well, how of do you the spell there. it? What do you look like? K
0: O T S C H A U Richie
2: I remember the name. Left back. Listen, he was. He had. He
0: had a really good season leading up to it. And then when he got into camp, I knew that he didn't play for whatever reason, nerves under, or 19... just whatever. He just didn't take advantage of the opportunity and he played himself out of contention. Within within like 2 weeks he was out. Yeah. And I think that the players also that are new could could do that, right? Yeah. And and uh that's obviously But that's
1: why you bring in some veterans because you what know you're going to right? have some standard around you <laughs> even in the game. Myself again. <laughs> you know, you're going to have some standard around you to bring them in and know that they're going to hold at least the, you you at least you, you can rely on some to keep the level high cuz you're going to have some ebb and flow of players around them, right? Like nerves and all these things they've got to work out. Also flow and rhythm. Like we've any camp or new team you've been on, uh the first few days can be a little rough just getting on the same page, right? Not a lot of completed passes, especially when you have somebody like Charlie running the corner flag all the time.
2: Hey, okay, I, so I, I think I think you, ahead, that Richie Kashaw wasn't he, wasn't he wearing the steep prevontaines on the pitch? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not that old, you bastards. All right, <laughs> well, so Let's just take an early stab at a potential line. I'm just kind of curious if you think we're going to play our older, more established guys in this first game Mm. against Serbia. Zendejas, as I mentioned, only in for the Serbia game. He's definitely going to start and probably play meaningful minutes. I want to see him. Uh, Obviously, he had played for our youth national teams, played a couple friendlies with Mexico. Now he's back with us, didn't file the one-time switch. FIFA's all over Mexico right now for making that happen. A little bit of uh, some issues with him, but he's in with us. And I think we're going to see him starting on one of the wings. Anthony Hudson says that he's very good at uh, finishing his chances, finding himself in good spots, and that's been proven with his club, Club America. Now, I, I want to see Brandon Vasquez, but if we're going to go with experience of people that have been around, do we want, would we prefer to see a Zendejas with the Acostas you know what I mean, and and the guys we will probably see more regularly.
2: That's that's still that's still. Or do you want to they,
0: see a Zendejas with brand new players that have never played together before? You know what I well, mean. I don't. You're, that's you're, the big question. Still,
2: I think Jimmy, you're you're still going to get players that have never played together before. True. I mean, true. In, the, in the end, this is January camp. This is the best that we have, uh in North America. So, in uh, if for me, you're starting Sean Johnson in goal, and, okay. and Gaga Sonina is the backup. So. I, I mean, you, give it, you never know it. what Celetano is. Maybe he's incredible at camp and, and, and Gagosonina is still a ways away, I, but you, you, whoever is better between those two, I think comes in, whether it's halftime or plays the second game, but okay. Okay. That I was would my expect question. Sean Johnson to start. Okay. Then Dewan Jones starting right back. Okay. Then, then I would like to see Zimmerman and, and Jalen Neal or Sam Rogers. You never know. Uh, But whoever shines, I think between those two, I'm guessing Charlie
0: Charlie doesn't
1: like LAFC's new signing Aaron Long.
2: No, I'm just saying (laughs) he's he's 30 years old and and Charlie
1: said, "Of course, you got to bring him in," but I'm not playing him.
2: I I just I think you 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 would like to see what what if the youth have have shown in this camp that you give a, a balance with one player who's who's um got the experience and, and a younger player and then i think whoever obviously shines between tolkien and gomez uh, i would assume tolkien will get the nod just because he's been playing really well uh this past season with new york red bulls um then kellen acosta and eric williamson sitting in front of them uh okay. as two two sixes with paxton as the 10 okay Z- zendayas on the right vasquez uh up top and and on the left side um I think that's where you can get interesting, whether it's, uh, you know. we well, could go with Sabi, Sabi Arreola, Cade Hoppy. Cowell, Kid you know. Cowell. So,
1: I'd love to see yeah. Hoppy get minutes again, man. He, hey, he, I was excited about him, but we've lost like two years of like, do you, there's a gap there. Do you think that
0: there are some politics at play where, hey, if Chelsea's going to release a guy got Selena, then we need to see him play, or Jonathan no. Gomez, if we want to build a good rapport with Real Sociedad, that we need to play him. You know
2: what I mean? Uh, I, I wonder I if he gets back in is, at all.
1: I'd, I'd guess this is the best case scenario for Gaga Slenina to be in this type of environment. He's going to go on loan anyway, right? Yeah, um, or or play so, with
2: the reserves, right? Yeah. Either, either and or. so
1: I would guess he's going to go on loan. This could help him get a game or two to be able to find the right loan deal or be in an environment that's probably better than than he'd be in. I mean, training at Shelf, I mean, we talked about that. We talked about this in our in our goal one and two com, uh, competition or conversation about being in an Arsenal environment and how big that is. Even if if Matt Turner's not only playing mm-hmm. one game a month. Um, I agree that Gagas Lenina around Chelsea's first team is amazing, but you also got to be able to allow them to come back and play at their level or at least get minutes at, at some time. So I, I, I like the idea that are either of you guys in favor of, of Rogers, which nobody's really seen a lot of, you know, he made a million dollar move to Rosenborg. He, he's highly regarded. There's rumor of him continuing to move on. He's a huge center back, big body. Yeah. And he's scoring goals too. He's good on set yeah. pieces.
2: Again, I would say, I think had six, it, right? It, six it, goals it,
1: or
0: something yeah. it,
2: it depends on the training. We, if we were there every day and we could say, okay, you know, today Jalen Neal was, was the best of the back line, or today, you know, Sam Rogers, the best of the back line, then we could say, okay, there's the argument. They're proven in guest camp, they deserve to start. But if we're not there and we can't see it, ultimately, I think it. I hope it is whoever performed the best gets the opportunity to play. That's how 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 that's how it's always been in, in my eyes. Um, so if, if he is the real deal, then he absolutely should play.
0: All right. So thankfully, we have a podcast before that first game against Serbia. We can dive into this roster and who should be starting a little bit more. But we're going to take our first and only break of In Soccer We Trust. When we come back, we'll talk about Weston McKinney hitting beautiful crosses in today for Juve to Moyes-Ken to get Juve their first goal. Good to see him continuing to be in the starting lineup, especially after there was some blame being thrown his way for their 5-1 loss to Napoli. Not always fair to West, and he seems to take on more blame than he needs to. Then we'll talk about Chris Richards starting his first ever Premier League game for Crystal Palace against Manchester United. And then we'll talk about Demarcus Beasley, Julie Foudy, and Landon Donovan actually chimed in on the Greg Burhalter situation, and uh, whatever else comes to our
3: mind. So don't go anywhere.
0: All right, everybody. We know there's some big NFL games happening this weekend that you can watch on CBS Sports, but we also don't want you to miss out on any of the Serie A action. So make sure you follow some of the biggest stars in the sport, like Olivier Giroud, who I heard potentially could be coming to MLS next season. Rafael Leal, Lautaro Martinez, who scored a big goal for Inter over Milan in the Supercopa yesterday as they try to lead their teams to the Scudetto. How will the table change going forward? Which club has the best chance of winning it all? Which clubs have the most to lose? Find all the answers and stream every match from Italy's top soccer league live only on Paramount+. Plus and try one month for free with the promo code SERIA. That's S-E-R-I-E-A because they pronounce their A as ah.
1: That's Jimmy. cool. Hey. What's up? Can What's I up? throw something into the rumor meal? Yeah. In case please. In, in case uh, anybody, Do a.k.a. It. Charlie Davies has a few uh, few bills hanging around. Napoli are for sale. No way. Yeah. Wow. And Napoli are for sale. And Charlie's wow. Char- 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 probably putting together a little consortium. You know, I, I don't I don't expect Charlie to fund all that on his own, but knowing who he's connected to, especially in that Boston area, you've seen some of the places I that, know. that, that, I know. that uh, he spends his time with some of that very, very exclusive artwork. I could see him putting together a little group. Little group I could of, see it too. Like he's
0: like, "Hey, Fenway Sports Group, let's leave Liverpool and go buy Napoli. I think there's better value there. Whatever, <laughs> yeah. whoever Chuck is uh, swimming in waters with." Yeah. In hey, the Jim, Jim
2: Jim Pallotta sold Roma. He, he's he got a lot of experience mm. in Serie A. That's true. Boston guy. Hey, you know. Dropping right names now, all right over now. the place
0: here.
1: <laughs> I just can't believe Charlie said Jim Pallotta's buying uh, Napoli right here. You heard it here first. <laughs>
0: all right, let's get our thoughts then. We were talking Serie A. We just talked a little bit about Juventus before the break and Weston McKinney getting the start against Monza and assisting Juve's first goal with a beautiful cross. Let's talk about another player, though. Chris Richards getting his first ever start in the Premier League against Manchester United at Selhurst Park. Finally getting back to full health, finally earning the trust of Patrick Vieira, the manager of Crystal Palace. This is a very big deal. Heath Pierce to to have it. And I thought he performed pretty well. He's out there running and tackling with whoever's trying to run past him, whether it's Marcus Rashford or Anthony or whoever it is. And he went uh, toe-to-toe with them. It was a 1-1 result. They scored a sick free kick, Crystal Palace, in the 93rd minute to tie it up. But uh, I was – he didn't look out of place. Anytime I see Americans playing anywhere, I just want them to look like they fit in. That's it. That they can just hold their own against anybody, and that always warms my heart. And I thought Chris Richards did a nice job in his first start.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't disagree with that whatsoever. I think, you know, Jimmy and I uh, – like, it was good whoa, enough whoa, for whoa, Jimmy and whoa, I to whoa, get attacked. Oh he To get attacked online. Heath,
2: you're going to – you're not going to say anything about him basically. That was not a penalty. It was not it, a no, penalty. No, no no, 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 no. I'm saying but, – but he he barely – he's barely played, Right. Yeah, he now is. he's now he's going against the top one of the top teams in the English Premier League, especially with their form as of late. Mm-hmm. And you tell me he would have had trouble at the World Cup. I don't think he would have had trouble at the World Cup. No, but he he thought so.
1: Oh, if you t- I, and I said this, I said this yesterday when when Jimmy and I were being criticized for saying this guy doesn't deserve a call in. If you don't play, you are in line to not deserve a call up for me, unless you are Christian Pulisic or a few other players. He was not playing. I didn't say that he couldn't play at a World Cup, but playing three games at a World Cup or making a roster based on a meritocracy or earning your right to be in the national team is very different than seeing him in one game back. If I was judged at one game back from injury, man, I'd be a lot richer than I am right now. (laughs) If all I had to do was one good game to prove people like, I
2: told you so, Okay, but there's now, a difference now, when you playing Charlie. Manchester okay. United or you are playing for Bayern Munich versus
1: Oh, I agree. But but Joachim Andersen injured right now, if 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 he can prove that he did so well that he's going to be a starter in this team and not go back to being a guy who's not playing at all, I'm not saying that's a reflection of his quality, that's a, that's a reflection of the squad. Right. But it's never been about whether or not he's good enough. I I, I of course he's good enough to be in our national team. But this idea that he was a sure starter—that was the argument, not whether or not he'd make the national team roster. That he should be a starter, and no one had seen him play other than a few games for the national team. That's a completely different conversation than what I saw. Than what I saw. It's the same reason why Tim Ream not only went to a World Cup but started in a World Cup because I don't think there was anybody he was doing else it in and week spot. out, yeah. and it was proven it weekend and week out.
0: I I I can see where both of you are coming from, and I agree that I think playing regularly, playing consistently makes such a big difference, Uh, just just in sharpness alone, which I think is where you're kind of leading to, Heath. But in terms of quality, there's no question. The guy's got bags of quality. And also, I think what needs to be thrown into the equation is that Greg Berhalter, or any coach, has their favorites. And Aaron Long was definitely one of Greg Berhalter's favorites and had been for a very long time. He gave him every opportunity to make that team. And then once it actually got to... The pressure moments of are, am I going to start one of my favorites? He decided yeah. not only not so to the start favorites them, are out of form, and that's a did, trust
1: thing. Favorites become ultimately means trust, right? You have a little bit of like favorites, as in like invite you over for dinner level. You have a couple players that <laughs> exist like that, you know, where it's just like I'm going to just text them because we share a a, a, a a hobby and music together, you know, and we're going to like you have a, that level of like clarity. But then you also have just favorites that are like I know that I can trust you, and I actually think that that. Some of those guys lost that trust come World Cup time with, with with Greg in their performances at club and national team level.
0: Yeah, and I think I think Aaron Long falls into that. But let's keep it here on Greg Burhalter because there were some interesting comments from DeMarcus Beasley and U.S. women's national team legend Julie Foudy and Shannon Box got in there as well. But DeMarcus and, and Julie in some way said, once you lose the locker room and the trust of your players, I think you have to go. Okay, this was, that was from Bees. I thought he did it enough that could have kept going and brought this team success in 2026. Uh, they're going to ask the players, and they're going to have a say in who's going to be the next coach. That's an interesting one. Let's leave that one second right now. Let's get to Julie's comments, especially with Cindy Sar- Car- Parlo Cohen as the president. She was a player. She understands the importance of of the players having a voice. Having said that, they're going to say, okay, there's going to be some boundaries. But both of these, these former legends and Hall of Famers have said that Greg Burhalter needs to go. Now, there was an interesting comment here from, just to give a little button on this, where Landon Donovan came out and just did a radio interview down in San Diego. He said, my opinion after four years of building an identity and a style is that a young group of players needs continuity. So my opinion is I would keep Greg and let him continue through the next World Cup because I think that the continuity would help a lot. And as you mentioned, the geo situation, the word that comes to mind is just sad. I'm just sad for everybody that got into it. Uh, and if people don't know, they can Google it. But it was a little bit childish on all sides. It was tough to watch for someone who loves the sport in this country. And, and if, when asked if Gio Reyna should should be held out of the U.S. team, he said, "I wouldn't hold him out. I don't think that's fair." So that's Landon Donovan saying he would keep Greg. You got Demarcus Beasley and Julie Foudy saying they should be out. Uh, Alexi
2: and, Lalas is on that side too of of keeping him. That's he, right. He, he said, in basically in spite of of all this uh, vitriol. From, um, placed on Greg due to this confrontation that he he thinks if if he's not given a new contract that the the other side won you know in terms of creating this dust storm because your your son wasn't playing right so you those are the I think the two sides
0: okay so so we've obviously have dived into this conversation and had uh, mm-hmm. a lot to talk about but let's get into the the, the part that about Demarcus and Julie Foudy. Revealing that they're gonna ask the players and they're gonna have a say in who's gonna be the next coach. And and I I guess I wanted some context. Does he mean former players or does he mean current players? <laughs> no. and, and and that's one. And is giving the players a say in the hiring process a good decision in your guys's humble opinion? And Heath, let's start with you.
1: Uh, I don't I look, I think you could bastardize that information all you want around like asking the players, like no one's asking. From like a sh- like a short list of like, who do you want? I think there is always in every team a leadership group or a council or something that is informed previously to others that are allowed to have input of like, "Hey, unless there's any major red flags here, this is what we're going to go with, but you can't open that door to the players because there's just too much bias involved, and players don't know what it takes to be a good manager. they know they know what they know what managers they like, they know what ones they don't like. But I don't think that it's it's uh, to have an actual say or a sway or a vote or a power of anything of influence. I don't think that would happen. Nor do I think that 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 should happen on that. Okay. Part.
0: All right. And so, so, Charlie, when you answer that question, I also want you to take into consideration what does that mean? Is it a whole bunch of players? So this leadership council, as Heath is suggesting. Mm-hmm. like they just get one vote and how many votes it's just, there's a lot of gray area to that. And I understand that it's probably just asking around like, what kind of manager do you think this is best for this group of players? If I was going to ask Christian yeah. Pulisic, you know, individually, well, what do you respond to? You've obviously played for some pretty big names, Klopp, Tuchel, uh, I don't know if uh, Frankie Lampard fits into like great all-time managers, but but you've played with a variety of different managers. What do you respond to? What do you think this group would respond to? That's kind of the yeah. feedback I would be looking for, I think, if I was in the hiring process. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily saying the players are going to get a vote on exactly what happens, but just they're going to have no. potentially some influence in shaping who we're looking at based on the candidates that are
2: available. Well, one, I, I think... It, it would be in the best interest to ask a few players that you know are going to be around for a long time barring any major injuries um, or health concerns. You, you you want to just gauge how they feel about Greg Berhalter. How's your relationship? Mm-hmm. How would you say and, and you're, not, sure on you're, you're not you're not giving them any power whatsoever. you're just asking a question. I want to know what the core group of this uh, of this team how they feel about one person. And Greg is out of contract. This is not a, a, we're getting rid of him. There's no coach in place. Maybe they were in contract discussions before this whole thing came out, but there's no contract. So, all right. In terms of the players, you're going to ask, you're looking at a Matt Turner, who's going to be here in the next cycle. He's 27. You're looking at a Tyler uh, Adams. Tyler Adams, who's the captain, and you're looking at maybe Sergio Desk. You're probably asking him because he's 20. And Yunus Musa, Weston McKinney, Christian Pulisic. And I'd say that's probably it. Maybe a, maybe a Timothy Weah, but that's it. And you're saying, what do you guys feel? What were you thinking about this whole situation? You take your notes, and that's it. They're not involved at all in the selection process. Then you go so, into to a room and you say, all right, guys. Isn't that dangerous
0: though, Chuck, Where where if you take that feedback – and then you hire somebody completely different than the feedback they
2: offered. No, well, if you kept could, right? if
1: you asked seven or eight players and you kept Greg Berhalter, that's where I think the risk is. Right. If you said yeah. like, cause I, I have talked to a few players that have said, uh, Berhalter's methods are exhausting the way that they want to play. The high mm-hmm. pressing system that he wants to do is unsustainable and things like that, that are real life opinions that are not a shot at Greg Berhalter. They're shot at the way in which he wants to implement them or certain things that he's doing. And I think, that's how we all, all – all, like all of us went through that with every single coach, right? We're, in the same way that they look at us and they go, well, you got these things in your game I like and these things that need improvement all that. You have the same reflections of, of of a coach. But I do agree that that could also be dangerous if if you ask an opinion and then don't implement change. Not to say there's a huge risk there because it's the national team, not a club team, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just wanted to play the devil's advocate there.
2: Yeah, I mean – It's a slippery you, slope. You were literally telling them this has no, what you are telling me basically does, does not have any sway or influence. Like you're, you aren't making a decision. You're just giving me an idea of, of, do you guys like them? Do you like the ideas? Do you like the principles? That's about it. But I I think at this point you, you move in a new direction. I feel like you, you're forced to, to Mm -hmm. be honest, because there's just too much negativity around this and too many question marks. And then, you know, just the history, bad blood, all that, I think you can move on. I think Joe Reyna, obviously, it has, a, has a bright future ahead of him because you're forced to change your mentality at this point. You you have to be the best citizen, the best teammate, uh, all of the above to move forward, right, to to put this behind you. and And I think that's going to propel one who's destined for greatness to do that. Now, in terms of the coach, I think at this point, you have to take your time and be patient in finding the the right manager because you don't just jump at the first person who's available. But I do think you you go in a different direction, like continuity. It's going to stay because the group knows how to play with each other. It's, it's not necessarily the manager who's creating that continuity. It's the group. The group Mm -hmm. is going to stick together Mm -hmm. no matter Mm -hmm. who's managing them. It's just getting the best out of that group. So, you know, you might have a player who says, I think we, we don't need to play with, uh, uh, such a narrow midfield. I think we should play with a 10. I don't think we should play with two eights or two tens. Uh, maybe I think we should play with double sixes. Sometimes, you know, you maybe I want to play with two strikers. Christian says, I'd like to play more central. You, th- there are ways a coach can come in and, and give that group a little bit more uh, energy and excitement. And, you know, that's what I would expect at this point that this has played out for too long. And now you're, they're just taking their time waiting to find the, the next manager.
0: All right, so you've heard from me and Heath and Charlie about this situation, but now you've heard from two of our Hall of Famers on the men's side, Landon Donovan. Demarcus Beasley. So, which team are you on, everybody? Hit us up at ISWT Pod.
2: Team Landon or we Team that. Demarcus? Do that's need what that. we want to know. We do need Let a line. We
1: need that. We do need we that need line, line right down the middle our, Landed, our our first phenoms, the tree. team Landon or Team Demarcus. Our separated LD. Yeah, LD. and bees they can or never or come or back. We're now on these are our next gen of controversy.
0: That's it. That's what yeah. we're looking for to just stir the pot as we do and have a lot of fun here on the In Soccer We Trust podcast. And guess what? That's the end of the show, everybody. I'm calling it right here right now enjoy your weekends and make sure you make some time for Gio Reyna and Borussia Dortmund as they take on Augsburg on Sunday let's see how Gio performs my eyes will be watching him I'm sure along with everybody else so on behalf of producer Des, producer Alex Charlie and Heath I'm Jimmy Jim Conrad saying thank you for your support for in soccer we trust and we appreciate you guys and once again have a great weekend we'll see you on Monday later